This is a presentation of Dawnforge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 665, Fighting Them BlizzCon Blues. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Books 2019. That's bit.ly slash ATA Books 2019. Over 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. We're also sponsored by Funko, maker of the world's broadest selection of vinyl figures from Pops to Dorbs, Rides to Mugs, and so much more. Check them out at bit.ly slash Funko ATA. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Thandeth, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. Warning. This episode will have spoilers. You have been warned. Hey, this is Ian Hasekostas, lead game designer in World of Warcraft, and you're listening to All Things Azeroth. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. Now, with me is not Allie, because she's recovering from BlizzCon, and not Toasty, who is now in Florida. But I have two other guests, one of which was at BlizzCon, and one of which helped us cover BlizzCon for the network. Hey, Frasley, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm uh, jet-lagged, but having a good time, and I'm uh, glad to be here. How about you? I am very interested to see how long the show's going to go. <laughs> Five hours, six maybe. I mean, we might be done by 5 p.m. tomorrow. I I will see what we'll see what it takes to cover everything because there's a lot to cover, uh, but I mean there wasn't really anything that happened this weekend, so we're we're fine. Uh, we also have with us uh, Nick, also known as Wookie BH. Hey, hey Nick, how's it going? Doing okay. Can I now say that I've recorded a podcast with Ian Hazakostas? Yeah, I, I'm with Nick because I mean that as often. Um, I guess technically uh, you you have recorded a podcast in which the voice of Ian Hazakostas was heard. Yes! Okay, I'm updating my resume now. <laughs> yes. Uh, for those curious uh, in our in our Discord, uh, that the the date of that file uh, is April 11th, 2015. And I, I got that file. Nice. Nice. Though it could have been toasty. Very, could, very possibly could have been toasty. Oh, and I saw toasty and he was wearing a jersey and he gives amazing hugs. I am shocked that he was wearing a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that happen. And I've never had a hug from him, but I can imagine. Oh, they are wonderful. He's like a, 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 a cuddly teddy bear. That vapes. Yeah, he, he does vape a lot. Uh, all right. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with the lesser of my my two co-hosts today. Uh, Wookie, how was your uh, uh, week in in WoW and other things this week? Uh, pretty light. I got a few more blueprints and mechagons, so I'm getting a little bit closer to that achievement. Um, that's about it, really. 
And then in Hearthstone, I've got a few more wins, so I'm getting closer to my Golden Warrior. That's about it. All right. Uh, my week in uh, in WoW and stuff um, was not too bad. Um, did get some progress on uh, my Nazratar rep. Uh, I am close. Um, I think I'm like one Emissary quest away at this point. I have like 19,000 something. Uh, so I'm really close on that. Get, getting real close. Um, just doing three or four a day. Um, and, and it goes really well for me. Um, and then uh, for the uh, the This Week in Medras Pokemon. Um, uh, this week. Let's see. Uh, my The nest by my house here is a pincer nest. Uh, and I was very happy within a couple of days of it becoming a nest. I got a shiny pincer. Which is my first. Um, it's kind of like a ugly purple, but it's shiny, so I'll take it. And then I got my second shiny coughing, I think I was on my way to work the next day. Uh, and then over BlizzCon weekend, I hatched a shiny bronzor. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, I haven't gotten any new perfects lately. Um, did a, uh... Uh, did a Mewtwo EX raid on Sunday with four counts. Got nothing shiny. Um, but I got the pleasure of trying to help somebody get into our local Discord for, the, for Pokemon Go. Um, and help them get so they can uh, be a part of the community. And let people know when they're going to go to an EX raid. So they can uh, get into it. Because they actually had to miss out. Because they didn't know when it... Or they weren't there when it started. And everybody went in at, at start. Because we didn't know there was anybody not, miss, not there. So... Um, and for luckies, um, my lucky decks is getting good. Uh, got a lucky Growlithe. I got another lucky Yamask this week, and I got my last lucky Duskull I needed. Um, so I can now do my full Duskull evolutions, uh, for, um, Duskull, Dusk Noir, and I can't what the middle one is. Whatever it is. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, slowly grow on that. And um, there's no spawn event happening right now. So not really much I can do to catch stuff I, I need. Uh, so this period will just be uh, catching whatever I need in the in the wild to trade over to try and get lucky. So um, yeah, didn't get a lucky mask. But I did get all the uh, uh, costumed starters for Gen 1 from the Halloween event. So that was good. And I only got one dark cry, but I only need one dark cry because you can't trade them. So can't can't get lucky that way. Um, the new boss that started today uh, with the uh, colossal event ending uh, is Cobalion. It's a uh, Gen Five legendary, um, and it is a steel and fighting type. Uh, which will require fire, fighting, and ground type Pokemon. And I'm really excited for that one. I'm looking forward to Raid Hour on Wednesday to try and catch a couple of those and uh, hopefully get a decent one. So, uh, not sure when Reg Regigigas is going to be appearing in uh, EX Raids. Uh, I'm hoping we'll have at least one more week of Mewtwo. Uh, but at this point, I have uh, I have one over on the wife's account that I can get from her because she got two of them. So... Uh, but that was my week. Um, Frasley, you didn't really have a lot going on this week, right? No, because I, I unlocked Magar Orcs, so I was playing on the Horde side, working on my 
reps for Mechagon, Novagon. I, I did my first raid of Eternal Palace, did not finish it, but I, I was getting getting pretty far on that. I mean, it was a heroic and a normal, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, but but then around the end of the week, I had to, I, I didn't have much a lot of time to play because I had to get up early and fly to Anaheim. So I why why do you have to go to California? Well, I I went over there. I mean, I was near Disneyland, so it was kind of nice over in Disneyland. I didn't go inside of it, but I I, I looked across the, the the way. I I also wanted to try my first time Ubering. I've never done an Uber before, so I did a few of those. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, there was a reason I was. Oh, that's right! I went to BlizzCon. And oh. yet, you are still sane enough to be here on the show with us. I I'm uh, pleased and shocked all in one. Hey, for me, podcasting's a drug. Like, I did not get to podcast while I was out there, so this was my first time, like, getting all the words out. Oh, so what you're saying is that we're a comedian hit for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, you were my first hit for podcasting, and then, I, I mean, never did it since, and I've not been able to shut up since, so, hey. So, uh, I, I happen to know that you, uh, you have met several people that I have had connections to uh, that I've never had to meet, had a chance to meet in person. Oh, Who's that? Well, one of them is Allie. And, yes, and, and of course, uh, Mr. Allie. Both awesome, and we uh, we had lunch on a, on a grassy knoll outside of the convention center, and uh, they they were fun to, to meet in person. Hopefully less gunshots than other grassy knolls have. Yeah, yes, yes, a, a, okay. a lot less, yes. That's good. <laughs> oh, it, a, a cool thing though is is uh, something. There was something that happened. I won't go into, into the specifics. I'll let Ali share for what they want. But we were on this grassy knoll again, and we ran into a fan of Dungeon Fables. It was it was really cool. It was like this person's like, I know you. You're Ali Dungeon Fables. So I loved seeing that, and, and we were able to get the picture uh, with, with, with Ali and the fan. I think that's that's Doug. Hey Doug, if you're listening, awesome. That that is really awesome. Um. You also met somebody I used to work with, or technically four. Wait, who is that? Oh yes, yes. I've but, never met him in person. He he was very nice, and it was it was cool because because I mean I I I was a guest on on one of his shows. I listened to you there, so that was cool. You know, it was one of those seeing all that coming together, like seeing all that, all these things, and and these people. I mean. The one thing I gotta say though, he had a very nice jacket. I, I was like, "Wow, I felt so underdressed." I was just wearing like a a t shirt and and jeans. I, ironically, I have not been asked on uh, any of the new uh, WoW uh, radio shows or Warcraft radio shows. But maybe one day I'll get an invite. We'll see. Absolutely, absolutely. Just need to be a Murloc because they have a, a Murloc pin. I I really like that pin. It looked really cool. Uh, don't don't have one myself, but uh, yeah, it looks like a really cool pin. I, I, I wish I'd been around to get one. Um, I, I didn't get one either, but I, I I at least got a hug. So I was like, I'll take a hug. That works. All right. Um, well, uh, before we get into all of the stuff, um, and there is a lot of the stuff, uh, let's talk about our first sponsor. 
Uh, our first sponsor is Funko. If you haven't heard of them by name, you've definitely seen their products. They make collectible vinyl figures from a bunch of Blizzard universes, from Warcraft to Overwatch, Heroes of Diablo, and even more from outside the Blizzardverse like Firefly, DC, and Game of Thrones. I like to highlight a Funko Pop each week, and this week's Funko is one that was actually exclusive to BlizzCon, and you had to spend a lot of money to get it. Um, but... Uh, I, I believe that there will be a lot of the money made because I think a lot of people paid a lot of money to get a bunch of boxes. Um, and that is a gold version of one of the first Funko Pops they released for a Blizzard game, the Gold Lady Sylvanas. Um, it was only wow. available through the Time Walkers box at BlizzCon uh, that cost $50 and came with like... Uh, every one of them came with one of the... Sylvanas, uh, Gold, Funkos, um, and they all came with like a, a loot code for a, a TCG, um, like a TCG thing, like uh, Spectral Tiger or stuff like that. Um, so those will be very plentiful in the next little while on eBay and such. Yeah, I saw the line for these Tamaki boxes. I was tempted to buy one, but 50 bucks and knowing my, my luck with RNG... I would have something that I already have of the like I wanted the the, the loot code so you know you know, like those those things in it. I would have absolutely loved one of these just to have that Funko, um, but it, it's it's fine. Um, Fifty dollars is way more than I can have, afford for anything like, right, like that right now. So it's it, it's fine as it is for me. Um, but yeah, it, it, I I see people showing them off and they looked really really cool. Um, Again, this is an exclusive. You can't get it anywhere else. Um, if you want the original one, um, I happen to be selling one. But also, you can get them from the, um, the Funko Shop, I think. And a lot of other places will have the original one. Um, but this is just a gold version of that first one. And uh, again, that w the, the, gold, the original one was in the first line of Funko Pops they did for WoW. Um, so uh, if, you, if you don't have uh, that original Sylvanas, you can absolutely get one... Um, online in a lot of places so and if savannah was into the mining profession you could say that, that she's nothing but a gold digger all right we're gonna face palm uh, emoji on that one <laughs> okay <laughs> on it good good we need that uh but yeah uh so while you cannot get this one over at the Funko store, uh, you can get many others like it. And just go to bit.ly FunkoATA, check out their online shop, and use Shop10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. That's bit.ly slash FunkoATA, and use Shop10 to save 10%. I want to thank Funko for their support of the show. All right. Um, so this month in WoW, uh, since it is the first episode of a month, and this is what we do in, in the first episode of the month. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened, what's happening. Uh, so, sadly, Toasty will not likely complete the World Quest bonus event this week uh, because he is in Florida. And I don't think he'll be really concerned about World Quests uh, when he gets back. Um, but get that, get that done. Pick it up on Tuesday, and you'll have a whole week to complete it. Um, also, the WoW 15th anniversary celebration begins tomorrow, um, and you can get a Deathwing pet amount, and there's lots of really cool stuff, uh, so definitely want you to check that out, guys. Um, it, and that one seems like it's going for a, until January 7th, if the there's a, a counter event entry right now inside of WoW, and that's what it looks like. 
Yes. Um, and as well, Darkmoon Fair is still on until Saturday, so be sure to increase your XP boost even more this week um, because the 15th anniversary event will come in with a 15% bonus to XP and a think rep as well. Um, and if you tie that up with the Darkmoon Fair buff and then also the... Um, the elixir buff you can get in Boralis, or I guess in in Zaralore, um, you can uh, boost your XP gains a fair bit. Um, coming up on the twelfth to the nineteenth, uh, on the twelfth there is the Moonkin Festival micro holiday. Um, also that week there is Wrath Time Walking and the PvP Brawl Packed House. Uh, the 19th to 26th has a Battleground bonus event, as well as the PvP Brawl Classic Ashren. Uh, and then for the nineteenth, for the sorry, for the twenty sixth to the end of the month, um, on the twenty fifth, you can go start doing Pilgrim's Bounty that runs till the second of December. And then that week there is the BFA Dungeon Event and the PVB Brawl Comp Stomp. Uh, and that is what's coming up in WoW this month. Uh, yeah, that I I want that. I can't afford that, but I. I I want that. Yeah, I I almost went for the 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 Mookin plushie, and I saw one was forty, and two, I did not have enough space in my suitcase. I was like, ah, and yeah, right now on eBay, it is it, it, it's more expensive than I want to spend. So I'm like, hey, I I had my had my opportunity, I lost it. Well, I think I think they're selling on the gear store now, because um, I know at one point they weren't, uh, but then a lot of people complained, and they eventually did start selling them on the gear store. I believe. I may be wrong though. I thought I saw them on the gear store at some point. Uh, I'm just looking up WoW and the collectibles. Um, for those who aren't aware, the uh, gear store is now run by Fanatics. So good or bad, that that's what it is. Okay, so they're not currently available there, but they. I, I thought they were at one point. So maybe I'm wrong. The other I, thing I to note. Something. The other thing to note about the gear store being run by Fanatics is that you need to create a new account. I've seen a lot of people, uh, especially trying to buy BlizzCon merchandise through the store, uh, very confused. Like, where's my history? Where's my account information? Where did that all go? Uh, and I guess Blizzard did not do a very good job of publicizing the fact that Fanatics took over the gear store because people... And I mean, literally, who really pays attention to the news about the gear store when there's so much other stuff to look at? But, uh, yeah, a lot of people were caught off guard by that. Yeah, it... it... I'm getting. I'm guessing it's part of the, their deal with the Overwatch League store that they have. There's a lot of people after all the the problems with Overwatch gear uh, that are not very happy with that uh, decision by Blizzard. Um, and yeah, the lack of you know any form of announcement was surprising to a lot of people. So uh, hopefully Blizzard uh, doesn't come to regret that. But time will tell. Well, if they need to apologize for a lack of communication, I'm sure they're used to it by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into that one, shall we? Well, let's just start right in there. Um, All right, BlizzCon. So BlizzCon was Friday and Saturday this past weekend. Um, Calm Before the Storm was the night before. There was a Blizzard event, uh, an invite-only event at House of Blues on the Saturday, or on the Friday night, I think, uh, that some people went to. Um... I, I, Frazzy, I want to ask first off your overall thoughts on the experience of your first BlizzCon. It was mind-boggling, overwhelming, but one thing it also showed me, 
The news of BlizzCon was... I did not go for that. I went to meet the people, to see the people. And uh, it was one of those, you, you realize what it is. To me, Blizzard is no longer a company. There, it's the community around Blizzard games. Because I saw so many people walking around, having fun at different things and meeting people. And that truly is what Blizzard games is about. And I saw this in, in, in person. Because it's one, one thing like to see somebody on a, on a Discord channel, talk with them. I mean, like we're talking here. But it's another cool thing to be like, I'm able to give you a hug. I mean, I'm able to see you. And it's cool to to see that. And so many people are like, I've talked with people for years. I'm like, oh, wow, I've talked with you. I've talked with you. That part, that was a a memorable experience. And and I I have to say, I loved some of the moments. Like, I talked with a few devs afterwards and said, hey, how was it when people saw the announcement? said, that is one of the coolest moments of their year, is seeing the announcement. I, I, I think one said you don't always know how it's going to land until people announce it. Like, I, they know what's coming, and they're like always like, we hope people like it. And they said this year they were so happy to see people liking the announcement and, and the reactions. And, and they said that, that makes the entire year plus work pay off. Yeah. Um, I saw one person reporting that... Um, BlizzCon for employees at Blizzard is a vacation. What? Um, I know several Blizzard employees, and I have talked to them. I don't know any of them who would call BlizzCon a vacation. No, because, I mean, they have to be on at all moments. I mean, like, like I saw them being stopped by people all the time, which is why a few of them I tried not to stop because I, I they were already in, with people, but, like, yeah, they're always on. I mean, it's fun meeting the fans, but still, yeah, it's 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 work. I mean, I one even said like their feet were tired at the end, and they, they were just ready to go home and crash. Yeah, um, it it is. I I don't know, but I cannot imagine it being anything but exhausting. Like this week, the campus at Blizzard will probably be a ghost town more than it was last week because everybody is on vacation of some sort or taking some time off. I would say probably exhausting, but still energizing. I, I mean, I, it, it's exhilarating to to be with your fans, to be in the community, to be showing them what you've been working on, but you plan for months. You work long, long hours for weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Just to get everything ready. The week of BlizzCon is a long, hard slog. Moving stuff out of campus. Getting stuff over, over to, to, to Anaheim. Doing your your um, your presentation run through. You know, making sure everything's working right. Like, it is a lot of work. And other than security and event staff... Everybody who works BlizzCon is a Blizzard employee. Um, down to server engineers. And, I mean, the only people I can think of who probably don't go to BlizzCon are GMs. Because somebody needs to be there for answering tickets. And the people who are running the NOC. Uh, which is the Network Operations Center. Um, they need to be there so they can monitor the servers and make sure that... I mean, it would not be a good thing to have a DDoS attack in the middle of BlizzCon. Let's put it that way. Yeah, 
I, I could tell because like even like just, just one person who was I, I went to the uh, signing booth to, to meet to meet uh, Christy Golden and the, the person that was taking down names was one of the 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 producers of the publishing arm of Blizzard. I was like, yeah, and and you're here taking people's names. I, mean, I was like that that blew my mind away that that no, that people at a high levels are doing what would be considered. I don't I, the right word like menial work or, or yeah i mean things that that you wouldn't think that they would have somebody of that caliber running that job the stuff that you would think an intern would do exactly yeah and and, and i was thinking that impressed me too that it, it, it did impress me that they that they were working those jobs as well and yeah. i had a good conversation with them yeah like it is it, it, it is a lot of work and vacation it is not it is a celebration and they do feel exhilarated afterwards um i'm not getting any names that i've talked to several devs before blizzcon during blizzcon and after blizzcon um and they're all very tired after blizzcon um, i can believe it it it, it like we, you know, our, our title kind of alludes to to something that is always a problem every year for everybody who's at BlizzCon, which is the BlizzCon Blues, and I think the employees face that even more than a regular person does, um, because they did all that work, they put all that effort in, and it was it's done. You know, now now you, uh, as Jeff said about Overwatch Two. Now that we've announced it, now now we've been here and talked about it. Let's go. We're, let's go back to the office so we can get working on it, or get yeah. you know more work done on it so we can get it out eventually. You know, so it, it's it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of time, and it's a lot of energy. Um, but vacation BlizzCon is not for anybody but the fans. Not, not unless they actually use their vacation time to then go as a fan, basically. There's well, like, a reason why even like. I, I know somebody who was at Disneyland, and Mike Morheim was at Disneyland. There's a reason that some of them go to go elsewhere afterwards. Yeah, I, I think uh, for several years, Chris Metzen went to Disneyland with his family after the, the day after BlizzCon, um, and it was it was kind of understood by a lot of people who were there um, to just leave him to be with his family. Um, you know, Absolutely. Yes, he's an icon. Yes, he's an amazing person. But just give him time to be with his family. He he gave he gave you his weekend. Give him his day. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, so on a, a scale of one to ten, how would you say this this met your expectations? Uh, ten being the highest, right? Well, I mean. One to ten. If you need to go over ten, you know, then you do. But I would say, I mean, a thousand. Like I, I knew it was, it was big. I knew that I was going to have a fun time, but I can't. Words can't describe how blown away I am. I mean, it it validated the the years that I've played WoW. I mean, I've not played WoW as as long as other people as other people have, but it validated those. It was like this. This made me feel good to be a, a, a gamer. It made me feel good to be part of all this stuff. And, and it made me like, wow, there's more to this game than just the game. So it it way surpassed what I thought. I mean, I, there were times I was sitting down with somebody. I was like, I'm sitting at dinner with somebody over here. I, 
I've listened to you. I mean, and that part was so cool and just being like, wow, they're just as cool in person as they are on, on their podcast, on their show. Well, I think if I go next year, I'm going to hang out with you the entire time because you got a lot more like hanging out with people than I did at any of my BlizzCons. Oh, wow. Then, yeah, let's do it because I, I, I was doing – people always told me people over, over panels, and, I, I, and I, I made that my, my thing. I used the pop method the whole, week, the whole weekend. I actually only went to the opening ceremony and the what's next. After that, I, I just hung around different things, the different things. I mean, and it was so cool seeing different people. I mean, I, I sat down next to, to Matthew Rossi and just like listened to him talking about his experience with all. I was like, that was so cool. I, I, yeah. So, yeah, we will definitely uh, hang out, Madras. Awesome. But do, do you actually know what happened then since you like didn't see any of the panels? I mean, have you had the chance to watch anything on the virtual ticket or is, are you going to be like learning stuff for the first time here? Um, some of it learning for the first time. I've, I have not watched all of them on the virtual ticket because I was kind of tired yesterday on the right back. I was going to watch on the virtual ticket because uh, Southwest now, now has only $8 Wi-Fi stuff. But I've also been looking at Wildhead. So there's still stuff that's new to me. And like I was hearing from people who went there. All right. Well, uh, I guess let's uh, let's dig in. Um, something that I had hoped, clearly in vain, and, and and a fair amount of hubris, we might have gone past our last episode or the episode before that. JL and Brack, before the opening ceremonies formally began, came to the stage and gave a speech. Now, depending on who you follow online, this speech could be a variety of things. A lame attempt at an apology, as some people have said. Not nearly enough, others have said. And yet, others have said that it was a heartfelt well-intentioned and well-received addressing of an issue and apologizing for an issue that they wish they'd done better on and they'll work to do better in future. Something that still happened. So, I'm pretty sure I know, Nick, what your thoughts are because we've talked about this on the coverage. Yes, yes. So, Frasley, I want your thoughts on JL and Brack's speech slash BS slash apology slash whatever the other 10% of the internet is making of it. Well, to me, I, I wasn't at the Mythic stage. I was at the WoW stage. But it felt natural to me. I mean, it, it felt like he that he truly was sorry. I mean, it, and... They could have just avoided the whole thing. The fact that they brought it up and gave even time to it shows that that it mattered to them. And at this point, they've already made the decision. So what more could they have done? But they just wanted to say, "Hey, we messed up. We're going to do better." And I, I thought it was really good. And especially with the business stuff that they still have to work through, 
if it if it was metered and i'm gonna guess it probably was metered like i carefully worded to not mess up business negotiations i thought that that they did a good job and they because they, they even had, they said we messed up we did not do it the right way we overreacted we didn't even speak soon enough so, so yeah that's my thoughts on that so yeah um basically as i said Nick and I have talked a fair bit about this, and, and that, that audio will be released in the, in the days and weeks ahead uh, of, of conversations had around the opening ceremonies and such. Um, basically, what JL and Brack apologized for is for um, letting the fans down in so far as not communicating quickly enough for deciding too quickly on the punishment and for in some people's view failing to live up to their beliefs in the way people expect them to so we can all agree i believe i i hope that the punishment handed out to Blitzchung was done too soon. Yes. We can all agree that it was a very harsh punishment. But we can also, I hope, all agree that, as I said last week and, and the week before, that the original punishment was well within Blizzard's rules. And they could, without, I feel, earning any ire from anybody, stick to that punishment. They didn't. And for that, I applaud them. They considered it, they reviewed it, they analyzed it, and they revised it. Um... I said this on Twitter a fair bit throughout the weekend. Um, I spent a lot of Saturday um, muting people in my BlizzCon 2019 hashtag feed on Twitter um, because it was full of people, in my opinion, being idiots. Um, I didn't read this until today. Uh, but PC Gamer did have a phone interview with Jail and Brack. Uh, I think this was uh, Saturday night or Saturday sometime. Yeah, it was it was posted on Saturday. It may have been sun Friday during the day. Uh, first off, I'm impressed they got it. They reached Jail and Brack in the middle of BlizzCon for a phone interview. Um, so. Pfft. Good job, guys. I I couldn't have done that. I wouldn't even have tried, honestly. Um, now, <clears throat> during Jalen Brack's speech, he said that the that Blizzard is committed to everyone's right to express themselves in all kinds of ways and all kinds of places. And one of the suspended casters um, has railed against this asking why Blizzard then has not removed his ban. 
And if you only look at selected parts of the speech, that's a valid question. However, if you look at the whole speech and what the clear message of the speech is, it gives you a different impression. Um, PC Gamer asked if they were planning to repeal the punishment against Blitzchung and the two Taiwanese casters, and Jalen Brack very clearly, very succinctly said, we are not. And was asked why. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read his answer uh, at least partly in verbatim um, because I think it's important that the entire message gets across. So he said this. So one of the things we talked about in the in the commitment to expression about all kinds of ways and all kinds of places is the fact that we're huge believers in free speech and we're huge believers in free expression. We have a long history of that being part of the culture of the company for employees. That's certainly part of the culture of, of the relationship that we have with the community. And so employees are free to post on their social media accounts. If you think about the people that we have that are esports athletes, our grand monsters, or anyone participating in esports, they're free to say and do whatever they want on their social media channels. There being my emphasis, I don't know if he put that emphasis on his own words. I feel that we are far more open to set, we, we have a far more open set of guidelines and policies than really any other traditional sport that takes a view around making sure that all of the people stay on message. And so that's how we think about free expression and how we've contextualized it. We want the official broadcasts, which are a small percentage of the overall content that gets created, to be about the games. And we want those to be focused on the games. Again, it's not about the content of the message from, from Blitzchunk. It's about the fact that it was not around the games. If we hadn't taken action, if we hadn't done something, you can imagine the trail that would be in our future around doing interviews. They would become times for people to make statements about whatever they wanted on what wanted to on whatever issues. That's just a path that we don't want to go down. We really want the content of those official broadcasts to be focused on the games and keep that focus. So this has been something that has been a key thing that people are ignoring. And a further question that was asked by PC Gamer is this. Is it fair to say that if Blitzchung, message, Blitzchung had said any political message, it would have incurred the same punishment? It wasn't that he was specifically calling for Hong Kong's freedom. It was that he was saying anything political. And this is where everybody who is anti-Blizzard right now will say, this is utter crock. This is crap. This is BS. Um, they feel the, the punishment was because it was a message about Hong Kong. Jalen Bragg answered the question with this. That's correct. The content was not the problem. It was the fact that it's not about the game in question. It was something very speci specifically different, I think, and I don't want to speculate around if he had said this or that or the other, and how would it have gone? I think that's a difficult thing to think about, but it's not about the content of his message. There are many people that are supportive of him and his message. And I think we all know that there are Blizzard staff who are very supportive of his message, right? Say it one more time. I, I was reading the the. Uh, sorry, I I think we can all agree that we we've seen people at Blizzard who have expressed support of Blizzard's message. 
as Absolutely. a message of support of, of Hong Kong and freedom and democracy and fighting for what is right to fight for in that country. Like, like yeah. the employees who actually stepped out and with the umbrellas the day after all this broke. Yeah, and, yeah. and the ones who covered up the the things on around the statue at the campus that said like that every voice matters. They they they, they taped over that with with paper. Yeah. Now, there, there's another another part of this interview um, that I think is very important. And again, one thing that I, I don't think gets enough voice. And this is kind of a, a lot more of a, a look behind the scenes of the business than we usually get. Um, so the question on this is, there's been a suspicion that China and your Chinese business had an influence on the decision in the statements Blizzard made. Can you confirm for me on the record whether NetEase or any other Chinese partners didn't have any sort of influence on your decision in this incident? And JL and Brack says, I'm glad you asked this because I'd love to be very clear. That's his first thing he says. And I, in that, I believe that he's being very honest and upfront exactly what the situation is. Says, the first thing I want to talk about is that there's a massive amount of either confusion or non-understanding around what the regulations are in China. Blizzard is not legally allowed to operate or to publish games in China. You must have a partner. That is the regulation. That is the law. NetEase is our partner. NetEase is not a government agency. NetEase is a company. They are the publisher. One of the things that was coming, it was kind of come up around this is the Blizzard Weibo post and the text around that. We are not legally allowed to operate those channels. We are not legally allowed to contribute. That is a netty decision. They are the publisher in China. And they said, he said, was netty in conversation around the issue? They were certainly. As were the Blizzard Taiwan team, as was the Hearthstone leadership team, as was the esports team. All those various constituencies come to, came together, and one of the things that we said we, was that we acted very rapidly, we acted very quickly. And that certainly was the failure of this story, is, is those groups coming together and deciding in a very short amount of time what the right action to take forward was. So, they clarify, so the Weibo post that talked about defending the pride of China was written by Netties. And he says, correct, we did not authorize it, we did not approve it, we would not have approved it had they asked. There's two things I think there really to kind of focus on. One is as much as Brack says that NetEase is not a government agency, uh, companies are required to have a party member on their board. So there is still a relationship between NetEase and the Chinese government, a stronger relationship there than there is between any company and the American government uh, over here. Um, uh, but the second thing, too, is that th there's always been speculation as well that with respect to the Weibo posts, that Weibo will go in and even strengthen the pro-Chinese message on anything that people publish. So, uh, uh, I, I mean, that that still absolves Blizzard of all that, but it, it sort of murkies the water whether Netty said it or somebody at Weibo put, put that part in there about the pride of China. But the point stands that Blizzard themselves did not authorize that message. Exactly. And I... And I this is... This is the text that I want to push out there and tell people that they need to read it and understand these are fa the facts. Yeah. We would that, not have approved it if they had asked. 
that's one problem I, I have with common culture nowadays is we are so quick to react without getting all the facts, without getting all the things on it. And and yet that's what people are criticizing Blizzard from doing. Reacting too fast without all the facts, without all the answers. Back during the, the, the layoffs in February, I remember quite a few Blizzard employees said, hey, it's rough for everybody, but please be careful with your hot takes. And and that's one thing I tried to go in with, even with, with this China. So I, I wanted to be very careful about what I said, because I don't want to spread misinformation. And I'm, and sadly, misinformation's been spread by different people throughout about about, about this issue. It it it's not right what China is doing, but this is, but Blizzard has to work within those realms. And as as, as Brack said. They are they are under the control of that message through Netties, and as and as Nick said, it's part it's in some way influenced by China. Yeah. So I do hope that this will be the end of the story. I mean, it's not. I the hope people, but I also want. hope I'm gonna win the lottery on Tuesday. So yeah. I, I don't have a lot of hope, but I hope. Yeah, but at the very least, there should be nothing coming on the calendar that, I mean, and obviously something can fall out of the sky and blow all this all up again, but there should be nothing coming on the calendar that's going to draw everybody's attention to this again. That, I mean, this story would have died last week if not for BlizzCon. The whole, that was the whole problem is that as soon as that happened, immediately you had people online saying, well, you know, we got to start getting our protests ready for BlizzCon that, you know, Frasley was even talking about before those people. Yeah. And so. I think a large part of Brack's statement, it wasn't to us, it wasn't to the people online who were complaining that Blitzchung couldn't shouldn't get any punishment. That Brack's statement was there for the people in the room, and specifically the people in the room who were looking to be agitators. And all he had to do was fall on his sword enough to get them to calm down and, and keep 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 events to a minimum so that the convention could go on as he needed. Because if he didn't say anything, then you know that the crowd would have been ready. There would have been, there would have been an energy there that he, for as, as disappointing as the statement may have been, it dissipated the, it dissipated that enough that it allowed everything to go as it did. And yeah, you had the little, you had the little kerfluffle during the wow Q and a, but other than that, everything went smoothly and that's all they needed to do. I, I, I'm, I'm still disappointed with Brack's statement. I'll admit, I, I, I think I wanted a little bit more about what they were going to do going forward, but putting my wishes aside for that, he managed to do what he needed to do. And, and he, I don't want to say he saved BlizzCon, but he, he kept the ship afloat. Yeah. I personally am fine with the statement. That is just my opinion. I understand. Some may not agree with me. Um, they apologized for the only things I felt they had to apologize for. As I've said before, Blitzchung has admitted that he knew the rules, he knew he was breaking the rules, and he knew what the consequences of breaking those rules were, was going to be, or could be. Blizzard revised his punishment, gave him his money back, gave him the, the win, which they had taken away, and they've given him a lesser sentence, a lesser suspension. So, while they were in their full rights to do everything they did within the rules, because I read the rules a week or two ago, and literally everything that is in the rules is exactly what happened to the letter. But they, they 
took part of that back. They were a little, little bit nicer. They, they took some stuff away, and that didn't make anybody happy. People were still ranting. They were still raving. They were still tweeting utter crap all weekend, ruining the BlizzCon hashtag feed for me and, and a lot of people, um, all because they can't... I, can't accept or can't understand that this is this is a breaking of the rules and if the the rules have been broken by a alt-right message or a racist message or a hate-filled message none of these people would have any problems with it it is the content of the message they are that they're in support of but Blizzard can't take the content as Brack said it does not matter what the content of the message was it is the fact that message was political there there are people for whom anything short of Blizzard completely pulling out of China and saying we're, we're retracting from that market and we're severing all ties with NetEase and whatnot anything short of that they were not going to be satisfied and Absolutely. unfortunately that that's not going to happen those people yeah. are just not going to be satisfied and, and, and to, to them there's really nothing that can be done they're going to they're going to ruin the hashtags they're going to be grumpy online and they're going to you know complain um but yeah i think they, i mean brack's walking a tightrope here he's doing the best he can and uh, i mean you know uh, as i said you know unless uh, unless they made some kind of drastic move that wasn't going to happen those people are just not going to be happy yeah, because I mean, even this—the decision to plot a, a blizzard, at China—is not even Brack's decision. It's people above Brack. I mean, Brack's doing what he's, what he's being told to do. I'm not trying to just, like make Activision Blizzard the the bad guys, but yeah, Brack's doing what, what he can, and and he said what he can in that situation. Yeah, uh, in, in the end. There are those who this will be enough for. They will understand. They will use logic instead of emotion and analyze what was said, what was done, and be okay with it. And there are those who will not be. I'm sorry to those who are not. I, I am sorry that you can't see this for what it is. When I saw the look on jail and brack's face when he's giving that apology i had no doubt at all that he was contrite and apologetic and sad about what this is all led to they they made mistakes they made their mistakes and they understood that this was going to have a negative effect on their con, their event, their big once a year event. Just having to do that speech there is a big thing and a big impact on their event. And I'm yeah, sorry to, I'm sorry to those who say that they felt that was acting or not apologetic enough. But I'm sorry, I don't want to see Jalen Brack up there committing ritual suicide. And that, I, for some people, I think that's all that would have been a good good enough for them. So what were you saying, Crasley? And I, I was saying, yeah, because, I mean... 
I had a thought and then I, I lost it. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, in, in the end, for me, what I saw, that is acceptable. I, I'm good with what, what he said. I am good with the, this announcement, and I'm good with it just being that, that's just the way it is. Um, I understand that not everybody will be, and uh, beyond that, I, I'll, I'll just say I, I hope that people will eventually come to um, be able to enjoy Blizzard games again because they got some great stuff coming up. Well, you, you know there are some people who are going to enjoy the games because there are already posts going around like, hey, I deleted my account in the aftermath of the Blitzchunk stuff. How do I get it back? Because I want to play Overwatch 2. Uh, well, if you deleted your account, it's probably gone. So create a new account, uh, reinvest your money in the games you already had, and then uh, enjoy. you got lots of time before Overwatch 2 comes out, so you got lots of time to re-earn all that stuff again. But yeah, when you delete an account, the account is gone. Sorry. Uh, but let's, if there's nothing else to say on this topic, uh, if you guys have anything else to say, now's your time. It's been talked to death. I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, and it's one that not everyone's going to agree on it, and and the, and I think we've uh, come to, I, I will say, the only thing I'll say is the protesters, not in the Q&A, uh, the, the, in my opinion, the, the Q&A, they interrupted, but outside, they were very reasonable, nobody was blocking anybody. There was a bullhorn. I mean, and, and just like in, at one point, but they were they were they were handing out shirts, being very, very open dialogue. So I was impressed at the politeness of the protesters out there. Well, I know somebody on Twitter uh, was saying on Friday morning uh, that they were planning to uh, go just within the entry that they were handing those shirts out at. And holding out a garbage bag for anybody who wanted to throw, to, to, to throw the shirt away that they just were given. I mean, that's a free shirt. Shirts are not cheap. And like I said, I, I know somebody who they actually spent like 20 minutes talking with the protesters on why. I mean, they, yeah. they, the protesters did what a civil protest should do. There was no, there was nobody hitting anybody. There was, no, there was none of the, none of the wrong. And I thought, hey, the, the message was clear. Everybody that walked into, into, into BlizzCon there was talk inside of the con about about it and it was civil discussion so they achieved a good purpose on that you know frasley you mentioned earlier blizzcon being community and i think one of the important things to remember is that as a community we're allowed to disagree with ourselves we're allowed to you know try to work through issues ourselves and i think that's a huge part of this and the fact that they were able to do all that respectfully indicates like yes they can have their disagreements with blizzard yes they can want to protest it but they still participated as part of the community and I think we're all better for it. Yeah, and like, and like, even one was saying, "Hey, I." They were even talking about like what they're excited about about the announcements. And still, still, so yeah, it, it's one of those. You don't have to agree with Blizzard. I don't agree with Blizzard on everything, game wise or what decisions they make. And but I let them. I, I let Blizzard do what they're going to do. And if as long as I'm okay for the most part with Blizzard and the community, I continue podcasting. I continue playing games and all that. Yeah, I, I was, I'll, I'll be honest, I was worried. I was worried that, that there was going to be an attempt to protest within the con convention, to ruin the convention for people, and I'm glad they didn't, because I would have been very upset uh, for everybody at the con, new people like you and Allie, 
people who've been there every year because BlizzCon is not the place for that. Not inside the con. Um, I've never had a problem with the religious folks who stood who, who have stood on the side of the con for years, holding up posters saying you're going to go to hell, repent now, um, because they stood oh, yeah. there. Who we are in Shadowlands? <laughs> and in <Yeah>. Diablo Four, <laughs> at the end of the of the Diablo Four, he's like, "See you in hell." <laughs> uh, I, I think one person actually. Uh, said that if they saw those people there this year, uh, they're just going to tell them they need to get online because there's other people ahead of them for, for protests this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I have no problem with people protesting silently. Um, I I don't... I, I, I'd be annoyed if they're protesting loudly next to me. Um, I know some people who said that they were worried that the protesters were going to get violent or um, aggressive. Um, if they felt they weren't being heard, um, but I didn't actually hear anybody say that that had actually happened. No, so because uh, th- like I said I did I did hear a bullhorn one night when I was heading to a to one, one of the uh, dinners and all that, and that was one of the, and no, I did not get to the Blizzard invite only one, and I like said I didn't ex- I didn't expect you either. I didn't expect you either. So, so one of your many dinners with a whole bunch of people in the community. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they were good. I ate like chicken and waffles at one of them. Anyways, um, all right. So let's uh, let's move on. Um, we aren't going to talk about things in the order they were announced or panels in the order they were done because it just it's just not feasible. Um, we will talk about Overwatch Two and Diablo Four a bit later. Um, but we, as a World of Warcraft podcast that is already an hour into the show, need to talk about the expansion that was announced. So. A lot of the leaks were true. Yes. Um, um, except for the the one about Nomergon. No, that was that. Um. Yeah, I think the person who started that rumor should now say he was wrong. Yeah, yeah, I admit, Brasley <laughs> was wrong about Nomergon. He was right about Mechanomes last year, but wrong about Nomergon. Okay, as long as you're willing to admit you're wrong. Yep, yeah, yeah, I admit, I admit it. I was, I was wrong, and, that, and please, please, everybody, don't, don't, don't start protesting me for being wrong. We'll consider it. Uh, so a lot, like, like I said, a, while World of Warcraft Shadowlands is the expansion, um, we get there via Ice Crown. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the leaks to con- say what was confirmed or what was not confirmed. Um, just go to the highlights of, of the expansion. Um, but before I get into that, I want to I want to get your guys' thoughts on your initial reactions to the announcement of WoW Shadowlands. Um, you were there, Frasley. I want oh, yours last because you were actually okay. there, and you can give us a context of how the room was. Um, but Nick, how how did you feel about the announcement for WoW Shadowlands? Well, well, first, I mean, you had the uh, the moment when in the cinematic when Bolvar stands up and then you see the image that was in the, the leaks and you're like okay like that that's real so does that mean everything else that, that went along with it is and then uh you know he fights sylvanas and that was that that cinematic was 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 awesome uh but the moment when sylvanas has the helm and everybody's at least not for me i was thinking she's gonna put it on and then no she rips it and then that image when the sky shatters was just 
mind blowing. Like I, I don't think this was the best of the WoW cinematics. Not to say that it was bad, but I just think like you know they're all great. But I think uh, this uh, this wasn't like the best one for my favorite. But that one moment. That might be like my favorite moment in all of the WoW cinematics because it just th that image of the sky just splitting was amazing. My, yeah. my my first thought when I saw the sky cracking like that, I'm like, oh, whoever created whoever coded that sky that sky box is fired. They are done. Your your skybox should never shatter like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but seriously though, um, I am. I, I don't know anybody who didn't initially think she's going to put the helm on. Like, Lich Queen has been talked about through, throughout years of, of ideas of what could happen to Sylvanas. Lich Queen was always, you know, probably top five, top ten for most people who are fans of Sylvanas for what would her, be her fate. Um, she would eventually become the Lich Queen, is, is what a lot of people thought. Um, I was very intrigued by the new Frostmournemer. Uh, I want to know his name because it has to have a name. Um, I thought it was really cool. Uh, also curious who made it for him. I'm assuming he's one of his undead. Um, as for the fight, uh, I will point out Sylvanas barely beat a guy that's like from like a decade ago in, in content. So, I mean, is she really that good? <laughs> Maybe she didn't actually level up. Maybe she just RPs a lot. Well, I mean, she beats Sarfang, but I mean, really, he's from that time frame too. He's from Lich King time too. So, or, uh, yeah, so... um, Ice Crown time. Does Does Bolvar drop drop a mount? I, I mean, I don't. I didn't see her flying away. Who knows? I mean, Lich King obviously does not drop a mount. I've heard I, I've heard differently. I saw some people who said they got the Lich King mount this weekend. Uh, yeah, and and I've, I I I do islands regularly with somebody who has that mount, and they're always rubbing it in. Love you, but yeah. Uh, well, same time. clearly you need to go do some uh, some Lichkin farming instead of going to Blizzcon. How's your problem? Oh, that's cold. That <laughs> <laughs> was pretty cruel, actually. I'll, I'll I'll agree with you there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the announcement was pretty cool. Um, I've watched the cinematic about like a dozen times now. Um, really intrigued by that storyline and what we're going to see. Uh, not going to lie, um, I'm very excited to see several characters that I have already been said they'll be appearing in um, in this uh, expansion. Uh, Long live with her. Um, curious if we'll see something like Arthas. Uh, if we'll see other notable lore figures like Karen Bloodhoof. Uh, will we see Vol'jin? I assume we will. Because it's kind of his thing that he's still not gone from the afterlife kind of thing. Yeah, we saw him in BFA. We have to continue to see him in, in uh, Shadowlands. Yeah, I mean... His, yeah. Story, his story's not over. So, uh, I think at least one person on this call might have a vested interest in the question of who is now going to be the War Chief. Um, because other than it looked like a really cool sitcom... In that one screenshot I saw, uh, I still don't know who the who the leader of the horde is. Nice. Yeah, no, because I I got an idea, but I don't want to, because it could also 
it's broadcast text. I don't, I don't, I don't want to delve into that. Yeah, yeah. The broadcast text uh, that was data mined for eight point three does kind of indicate the direction that the horde is going. Okay, so so there is information on what's going on there. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll we will we will know we will have a better idea about the horde leadership uh, as things proceed. But right now, before uh, before anybody can kind of sit down and hammer that issue out. Everybody's focused on, uh, you know, taking care of Nizoth. Okay. And Nizoth is definitely something that needs to be taken care of. We'll, we'll be fair there. So, um... They, they did talk a little bit about what was going to happen in, uh, in this expansion. Uh, so, uh, Shadowlands is basically the, um... The afterlife for Azeroth, and yeah, the universe and, really of, of of WoW. And what was cool about that is it's a it's a ton of different interpretations of all the different types of afterlifes that we have throughout our our world. Like they even said that Bastion is heaven, so it, it's cool seeing the different things. Like like one goes through like the cycle of rebirth in one of the zones, and like nature and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of really cool themes that, that we get to explore in this yeah so um yeah i i'm not seeing a lot of screenshots of of what was announced there um we didn't get the name of the zones um so there's revendreth ardenweald um meldraxis and bastion and we are going to return to the sequential leveling maintaining a overall story arc for your first character um i know a few people who are very excited about uh allying with the vampires um i know where six of my characters are going to ally themselves with in that expansion I'm not sure about the rest at this point. And one thing they, they did say is if you're not sure which of these, because each of these uh, zones has a covenant, kind of like a faction that, that you uh, ally yourself with. And they said, if you're not sure what each of them is, you 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 get a quest as you, in, for each zone so they can kind of explain who they are. And then at that point, you choose who you're going with. I, I, I think I'm going to play through all of them on, like, on Frasley, but because Frazzy's not totally uh, light, he's a little corrupted and, uh, and stuff like that. He might go with the vampires. Well, sir, if you would stop hanging out with that one warlock so much, you might be less corrupted. <laughs> the, the, the cookies are so good. Oh, the cookies. Hey, just don't try cupcakes. They're, they're evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look. Uh, anyway, yeah. But yeah, yeah my, my paladins and my priests are obviously going with Bastion. Um, and my druids will go with Ardenweald because those just make sense. Uh, I ever, still. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I, I don't foresee any of my characters going with Revendreth or Meldraxxus. Be honest. I, I still want to wait to see like all the features and the armor and stuff before I really make a decision. Like everything I saw there, it kind of felt like like it feels like druids are going to be shoehorned into Ardenweald, and I'm I'm sure they'll, they said like oh you'll have like class abilities with each covenant. Uh, and so I'm sure like druids could go anywhere they want, but like it feels like druids and and I think hunters usually get pigeonholed 
along with the druids there. And I, I not that I didn't like Ardenweald, but you know, Revendreth looks more interesting. I'm thinking of going that way, but I, I want to see. I do want to see more about them. I'm very curious about how you know what what how they flesh these out. What abilities we're going to get? The uh, was it uh, was it Bastion where you get the fox ability? You get to to turn into a fox and run around. Uh, no, I think that was in Ar- Ardenweald. I think we'll talk about that a bit later. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very intrigued by this. The covenant idea is really cool. It's basically um, Alder versus Scryer on crack. Um, Manny in our chat room says uh, you level through Bastion, then Ardenweald, then Meldraxxus, then Revendreth, um, and then once you hit level sixty, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, you will choose which one you want, um, and you'll have the ability you got while you're working for them uh, in questing. Once you choose the one you chose, so. Um, but yeah. I think it looks really cool. I'm really interested to see what it's going to be like um, to level through that. Um, and and it's really, it really intrigues me what they're going to do with this expansion. Um, and uh, I, I think Ian did a great job uh, revealing this expansion. Yeah, and especially with the fact that we had leaks and ideas of what we were getting. I mean, because that was the one thing is... We kind of were thinking, okay, it, it could be one of three different types. And when it and when, when it confirmed it, it was here. Though I, there is part of me that wonders if even like the, the, the store glitch, if these things were not... I wonder if they were intentional to kind of make it where we wouldn't be... We'd be ready for it. The, the same way when Apple took away the, the headphone jack, which on my recent trip, I was I, I, had, I had to use the dongle because I did not want to take wireless headphones. And Apple, I, I get why you took the headphone jack, but I'm still mad at you for that. I mean, I mean, just because, yeah. But anyway, I think that they wanted to meet her and get us ready to go with this narrative instead of being like, oh, I wanted something else. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted Novagon, but yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like I said, all the choices are, are look very interesting. I don't foresee going with the ones that, like, look like they're undead. Um, maybe my Death Knight might be comfortable there. Uh, the vampire one, I, I don't see any of my characters going there. It's a giant castle! It, 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 it's, it, it's all around a giant castle. Who doesn't want a giant I castle? I don't like Drustvar. Why would you think I'd uh... like that? Thrust is one of my favorite zones. Okay. Then I understand and, why we why we differ in this opinion. <laughs> and I do wonder if Bastion's all good. I, I it's it looks good. The same way that the Magar Orcs scenario gives them interesting things. I I don't trust the light a hundred percent. Um, before we want I I I want to get your guys' thoughts on uh how likely it is you think we will have all four of those eventually as uh, allied races? I think so. I, it makes makes sense. And they even said that I think we're going to get more zones after this. This is just the start of the expansion. Uh, I, I don't think so, if only because... I mean, and obviously, what they want to do with an allied race transcends lore and stuff, but how you would explain a spirit characters like this you know from the shadowlands 
coming over into Azeroth as allies. Also, uh, I, well, I guess they did say we're going to have more allied races. So, I mean, the fact that the faction war kind of, you know, being on the down low kind of uh, negates the need for us to be adding to it to bolster our ranks. I don't think... I don't think that we'll be adding them. I think if there are going to be other allied races, it will be other races that we'll encounter. Okay. Very, very interesting to see how that goes. That's for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, that is the announcement of of the um, of the Shadowlands expansion. Um, so now we're going to talk about. What came out literally right after the opening ceremonies, uh, which is the pre-orders. Um, Nick, do you want to talk about this a little bit? So there's, they're doing the pre-orders a little bit differently this time. There's three levels of, uh, of, of pre-orders that you can can buy here. The first is, uh, was it was it normal or base edition, which is uh, forty dollars. Um, and, and basically all it is is the the base game uh, that, that you would get uh, and that includes access to the 8.3 uh, when they uh, bring in the death knights uh, since now Pandaren and all the allied races can be death knights uh, so you'll have access to that in 8.3 with the base edition uh, then uh, at the the current price of uh, the sixty dollars you'll get the heroic edition which will be the expansion a level 120 character boost uh, amount the ensorcelled everworm uh, and then also you'll get access to a quest line where you can earn the vestments of the eternal traveler uh, which is a transmog armor i think people are already getting that in game i've seen a few pictures on reddit of people with the little bugged out uh blue and white cubes on their shoulders because it wasn't working entirely but uh, uh that's already available through Man, pre-order i i remember i think it was burning crusade beta where i know it was, it was rap beta where, like, when it first launched, everything was cubes. <laughs> like, you'd see these little little cubes wandering wandering around, and you realize that's probably like critters. That's probably an animal because it's a bigger cube. And like um, the the spiders uh, in Dragonblight, right next to right, right near um, Borean Tundra, all those spiders were squ- were cubes. It was hilarious. You're like being attacked by this cube, and you're like, I I don't even know what I'm fighting here. I'm being attacked by a cube, and like there's pictures of people like surrounded by cubes, and, and it's really they're surrounded by the spiders, but they're surrounded by cubes of different sizes. It's hilarious. That, that sounds and, like a worthy expansion in its own right, just fighting cubes. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I, I think Ali, update. I think Ali would really appreciate that, especially if they were called commanding cubes. <laughs> yes. And Bill and Manny brings up a good point that that there is no boost. In the in the three, and it sounds like like a, it sounds weird with all the three three versions, but the base edition does not have a boost, but it's also forty compared to sixty for the heroic edition, which has the boost. Right, and you figure the boost is what twenty twenty dollars anyway, twenty five dollars. So yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit of savings there. Um, so but, but then yeah, the, the 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 battle for Azeroth base is what fifty dollars, and this uh, is 40, uh, forty, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Battle for Azeroth is like, or or didn't it matter? What was it? Sixty. I thought it was sixty, but maybe it was fifty. I can't, well, I can't I, remember now. When I look on 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 the stuff for me, uh, comparing the Battle for Azeroth pricing, uh, the standard edition is sixty three dollars for BFA, and the base edition for Shadowlands is fifty five. 
so it is slightly discounted um and i guess that means you just yeah you're like you're not getting the the boost right yeah because that that like yeah you get out or that's the death nights for the allied races on pandaren but you don't get the boost yeah so I, I mean that is a discount i mean i i would never choose that option um but i guess if you have all your characters are already fully leveled and you don't have any desire to level anything up um i guess you could save some money that way if you're like super broke um the heroic edition i'm very curious by um the the difference between the heroic and the epic edition uh i think somebody did the math uh on discord i was, I was just looking reading in earlier and it's pretty much the difference in price is basically the month of game time so it's yeah. not a significant difference in price yeah, yeah. And, and and you get a pet and uh some transmog in a in a hearthstone illusion so there yeah there are nice cosmetic things that like that pet you think would be like 10 to 20 on the cast shop yeah, it'd be ten dollars for the pet. Um, a transmog, I can see them doing fifteen dollars for that. Um, the the Hearthstone effect, I can see them charging five, maybe ten bucks for that. Um, so I mean, you're getting a fair bit in in value there, if they were to charge for all that stuff individually. Um, now, uh, what I was curious about when I first saw this, and I'm still waiting to hear an answer on this. Uh, I have reached out to people at Blizzard. Um, which version of this will the collection edition give you, or will right. there be multiple versions of collection edition? Right, I'm, like, I'm, I'm with you. Let me know what you hear because I'm, I'm just as curious about that. I absolutely will. Just keep tuning into the show because I'll make sure I announce it here. Um, but yeah, like if there is a heroic collection edition and an epic collection edition, I'd be very unhappy with that. Um, because I only like I don't need there to be multiple versions of a collection edition. Um, you. It used to be that we had the base, base edition, which is what the heroic edition is now, and then the the digital collector's edition, which is everything that basically is, would be the epic edition now, and then also the physical collector's edition, which had the, d the digital collector's edition included with it. So I'm guessing that's what they'll do, but who knows? Well, I mean, in in fairness, I mean, in fairness, the, what we what is the heroic edition now would never have given you a mount. That's true. That's true. And transmog, like, because there's also a quest for transmog. The 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 like looking at Warlords Legion Battle for Azeroth, um, the base edition that we had at that point, uh, it would give you the boost, and that's pretty much it. Like the boost was a a, a feature of the expansion, as has been for the last three or four expansions. But beyond that, it didn't give you anything else. Like, it just gave you the feature, the expansion features, and it gave you to, to you, gave them to you early, which I do believe you get the BF the, uh, the character boost now, if you pre-order now. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so the the mount and the um, the transmog set that stuff would have been saved for the digital deluxe slash collector's edition version and that's pretty much what's in the epic one plus you i mean you you, you we've generally gotten a, a mount and a pet the boost that are it comes with the base edition and then some other goodies and then the collection edition has the physical stuff um so yeah it uh 
it i mean i assume or i try not to assume but i if i if i was to assume i would assume the collection would be the epic edition uh with the physical items whatever those are um I will simply say I really hope they never get rid of the epic of the uh, collector edition because if they ever did, I would be very upset. I, I can't imagine they would have only because they know people love having all the boxes on their shelves. Yeah, Even if I mean, the boxes don't my, have anything anymore, it's all digital codes that they send you inside to download stuff. My but. shelves will be very unhappy if there's not a new collector edition right at the end there. Right. I'm staring at my Ragnaros that I bought. On, I, I bought the 50th anniversary collection edition, $100 for game time and mounts and, and, and a statue. And there yeah. was no game inside of it. I mean, technically, I had game time, but yeah. The Blizzard knows people are willing to spend money on physical stuff. What if the collector's editions all have statues now? Ooh. I'd be fine with that. I don't want that. Sorry. Uh, that statues? that collection should. Okay, so I I got mine, um, which is a gift from a listener, somebody I don't know who. Um, but I also got uh, Fandes Cluster Edition, uh, and it was it was difficult uh, to carry two collections just home on the bus. Um, so yeah, hoping not to ever have to do that again, but yeah. Oh, and the, the, the statues at BlizzCon, I saw so many people walking around with these statues. Those things were big boxes. Um, yeah, I feel bad for anybody who, you know, has to do other flying and traveling and, and stuff before they go back home. That'd be really yeah. hard. I... I, cause I, I barely got home with, with, with my statue on it. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, I, like I said, we don't know yet, uh, what we're going to see for collection editions or other physical, uh, tie-ins to the game. Um, but it's definitely going to be very interesting. And, uh, when I have that information, I will, I will share it with all of our listeners. Um, but it, it, I'm curious um, about other stuff like so those who have been playing this game for a while may remember that there was a period in time where they did not have any guarantee that if you bought a pre-order when they start having the digital versions uh, and then if you upgrade to a collector's edition what would happen? Uh, it was only Warlords that they started actually having some assurance that you would get something. And I think for Warlords, you would you would get a, your whatever you, whatever you pre-ordered, you get that copy, a code for the same version of the game, and you could give it to somebody else or sell it to somebody else. And then in Legion, it was actually, okay, we're going to give you Blizzard Balance for the value of what you pre-ordered. Um... That was stated outright when they announced the game. So people who want to pre-order could do so safely without having to worry about not being certain. Like before, you, you literally had to come upon a GM that was willing to be nice. 
to do that. So uh, for me, before I'm willing to pre-order it, I need to know for sure what's going to happen. Right. And... Um, until I know that, I really don't feel comfortable putting the, putting the money down on that. So um, I'm in the same boat. Th that that yeah. is again one of those things I'm waiting to hear back from from Blizzard on because there's just too much there. So yeah, because like I I did the visual of Legion, and it, but after after doing the the physical of BFA. I'm I, I'm gonna wait for that as well. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll let you know when we ha have more on that. Um, but yeah, uh, three I'm, versions of of editions to choose from for for digital. I'm gonna speculate because we saw it with both BFA and with the 15th anniversary collection edition. They had that that refund. I'll speculate, but I won't. I, I, I wouldn't encourage anybody buying it if you want the physical until we have confirmation. Yeah, it, it's it's really just a matter of what you can, what what what, what risks you're willing to take. All right, so uh, let us move on to our next thing, which was the what's next panel. Um, now I saw in, um, in discord, uh, somebody, uh, advised, uh, what was it here? Um, whatever the gnome says, don't believe him. Uh, is there anything <laughs> that I would like to share about this panel? Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I was in this, this panel, I got next to Allie and it was actually really cool. Allie's a, a huge lore nerd and knows, and knows lore. So like, like uh, during one of the, the covenants, they're like, and the, 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 person that's headed this covenant is Kael'thas. I was like, oh, it's going to be Kael'thas. And I, Allie guessed that one right. Then they announced eight dungeons, and Allie, Allie just, like, squealed and said that jobs are curry! And, and, we, and we, we all just laughed. So that was fun. I, I loved seeing Allie's reactions on this one. So Allie squealed when there was eight dungeons announced. I gotcha. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's dungeon fables and job security. And I was like, yes! She just has to get there first. Hey, uh, by that time that she gets there, we may have the Rise of Norregon expansion. No. <laughs> That's just not never going to happen. Sorry, I, I hate to break it to you, but no. Um. All right. Well, let's uh let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, what's next panel? Uh, this is the third coming soon previously titled Coming Soon panel. Um, and, uh, um, oh, I actually went to the wrong one here. I meant to look to the actual, like, uh, Memo Champion version of this recap, not the Blizzard one. And True Van Man even mentioned that, that Torghast is the, the Labyrinth dungeon that they're going to have, and, like, it'll keep changing. And Allie was like, how am I going to cover that? <laughs> <laughs> Great difficulty. Yes. Hey, maybe that'll at least be 45 episodes just on Torcast. That's job security. Sure. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about map Torcast map number 85. And... <laughs> Here's why this one wall. Oh, oh, and one other thing in, in, the, in, the, in the what's next. 
they, they they even talked about one of the zones that they said and and if you look in the sky look up and you'll see this and i and, and we all said does ian listen to the dungeon fables because one of ali's lines is remember to look up you never know mm -hmm. all right so um let's see looking at what was all covered um actually gonna use like screenshots here to try and get a good idea here so um they did explain kind of what where shadowlands falls in the um cosmology i think they called it of of, Azure, of the the warcraft universe um and it is in that that page from the uh, book the first chronicles book mm -hmm. where it explains where everything falls in the shadow light confluence um and yeah it's been there all the whole time and i think we knew that like i'm sure people found that out when they were seeing the leaks and i think people saw that and said oh they just took that from the book it's probably not right well as a big fan of the book and a big fan of that chart the fact that they brought that up i mean i i, I squeed a little bit at that that was exciting um but i mean the shadowlands is a place that we've been to obliquely i mean technically when we're corpse running we're kind of in the shadowlands there yeah um and then you know even then with like your death knight uh your when you make your well when you make your old death knight i don't know if it's, how it's going to be with the new ones uh but like when you get your death knight mount uh, you'd go into the Shadowlands for that, and a few other times here or there, we've we've gone into the realm before. So um, we've been to parts of it, but we've never explored it to the to the the depth that we're going to. We've never really been to the Shadowlands. Yeah. So they said um, the Shadowlands is basically the Warcraft afterlife. Souls across the veil between life and death. Uh, they're brought before the mysterious arbiter, and they're routed to one of its realms, each ruled by a powerful covenant. So this is the ones we're going to try and work with. Um, and um, now, Anima, I, I think that we saw this a lot in Throne of Thunder, I believe. There was a, a boss there that was made of Anima. Um, and that's what souls are made of. Isn't that fun to know? We're, we're made of Anima. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it seemed to be kind of like the, the karma or what you've done. I mean, n not necessarily good or bad anima, but it's just, it's it's what what you do. Good line there in, in Discord there. We'll keep that good, like, great line there. Um, <laughs> so uh, we will once again have AP. Uh, we had artifact power and then Azerite power, and now we'll have anima power. It's like the initials AP, I guess. Hey, um, I mean, at least the good news is they there will not be any artifact grind. That's good. Um, now the the picture uh, of Bastion. Uh, this was the image that was leaked. Um, that was leaked with the uh, Wow Shadowlands image above it. Um, that was leaked about a week, maybe a week and a half before uh, before BlizzCon. Um, so clearly, whoever leaked that had the actual stuff. Um, and the covenant for Bastion is Kyrian, and they are ordered and purposeful, called to service, and a souls here shed past burdens and seek virtue. 
I do like that they were pretty open on the fact that there were leaks because they said, and this is an image that you've seen for the first time here. The, the same way when they were doing the Overwatch 2 panel. Yeah. Kevin's like, thank you, Internet. You told me exactly all of the points I need to say today. Yeah, I, I said this on our coverage, and I'm, I'm, I'll say it again. I don't know that Jeff was overly pleased by that. <laughs> you know, he seemed a he little peeved well, about that no, fact. No, he... He did an interview, I forget where, um, where he was talking about how, um, you know, back, like, Burning Crusade was, like, completely leaked before they announced that, like, a week before. Yeah. And, you know, that, like, completely demoralized the team at the time because, like, the announcement is what they were looking forward to. Yeah. And so he's used to this. He's been through this before. And it, it hurt him a little bit to see the team now go through the same you know, go through that again because all the people working on Overwatch, or I should say most of the people working on Overwatch, weren't there for, uh, you know, for, for Burning Crusade. Hadn't been through these kind of leaks before. So, yeah. um, you know, it was it was, it was dis, dis, uh, disappointing and demoralizing in that regard. Yeah, I I, I can definitely get that because it, 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 it felt weird with that. But I, I, I miss it. They at least took it with a good, a good fourth wall breaking and, and, and and I thought that they handled it well on that. Mm -hmm. So Bastion uh, is, again, it is a, a place of virtue. It, it's heaven, basically, um, if we were to consider it in, in our terms. Um, this is where spirit healers and Valkyrie come from. Um, and, and this is kind of where everybody wants, should want to go if they, if they are coming to the afterlife. Um, what do you guys think about the art of, of Bastion? The art, the art they showed about from Bastion. Very light motif. Very, uh, I, I want to say very paladin-y. Very paladin and priest-y, which I guess kind of makes sense. Because um, they all kind of pull from the same uh, the same themes there. Which is um, why my paladins and priests are going to go there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it's a little too golden blue for my tastes, but... You know that's why there's the other zones. So, yeah, I I actually played through the the Bastion in the demo, and it it looks gorgeous. I I could either was the BB computers they had there, but things looked better, and and you you can tell that the, the model team every year gets better and better with what they're doing. I mean it it was fun to play through. It was pleasing. I wanna I wanted to explore more. I had limited time on that. So, so you, so Bastion was the one that was playable on the floor, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and what was your overall, overall impression of, of Bastion? I, I liked it. I, I thought that they put a lot of time and effort into it. It was, it was fun to play. I wanted to explore more nooks and crannies, but I, I was, with, I was actually party with the group, so we were trying to do stuff. But yeah, I, I want to learn more about the lore behind it. I want to find out what's going on there, because maybe. It, 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 it could have still been that that Magar orc scenario. I still feel like there's something, something going on there, and, and something didn't feel right about it there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, very. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how that's going to look. Uh, really looking forward to the beta there. Want uh, want to see what this going to look like. Um, and I will say, if they do not have a robot there that can turn into a gun, they have failed. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, someone there is overwatching all the puns they put in there. Yeah. Um, <coughs> sorry. 
Uh, on to Meldraxis, which is the next uh, next uh, zone. And the covenant for there is Necrolord. Uh, it is the heart of the Shadow Lines of military might. Survival of the fittest, not strictly evil. Um, and one of the souls that would have ended up there, they said, is Draka. Uh, sorry, for Bastion, one of the souls there is Uther. Which, of course, I really want to see because he's cool. Which explains why they redid his tomb in BFA. Yeah. Uh, there was also stuff that, that happened there, but yeah, um, definitely good, good, gonna be good to see you here again. Uh, but yeah, Draka, uh, mother of Thrall, uh, will will be found in Maldraxxus, um, and or maybe found there. It is, it's an example soul, may not be there, but that's the kind of person who'd end up there. Um, so a warrior uh, would it would kind of go there. Um, I would also, of course, see. You know, Death Knights and Warlocks would probably feel very comfortable there. That's a thought. Um, and it's very, like, Plaguelands-esque, I think. Would you guys agree? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it reminded me a lot of that. And, and they even said, like, that Maldaxxus is not all evil. Yeah, it is. It's not strictly evil. Um, it's, it's very survival of the fittest, um, which definitely not my kind of place. But, but back to your point though, like this is the realm where uh, warlocks and more, more so de uh, the death knights actually pull their magic from. That's why, that's why there's the, thematically it lines up is that there is a connection between those two. Yeah. 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 Um. And then they. Uh, they went into Ardenweald, um, which I'm sure we're all pronouncing wrong, but whatever. Uh, and the covenant here is Nightfey. Uh, so um, it's an enchanted mystical forest. Uh, it is Emerald Dream's dark mirror, a uh, place of rest and rebirth. Um, and uh, yeah, very druid, druid themed. Uh, I think shamans yeah. would probably feel very comfortable there too. And I like how they how they are kind of showing all seasons in, in here because like the, the they're saying that the the Emerald Dream is spring and summer and they're saying like this is that autumn and winter the the times of death and seasons. Mm -hmm. um, looks looks very interesting. Um, like a fairyland to me kind of thing. Um, what, what were you saying there, Wookie? I was going to say, I find it interesting that the example of a soul that would have gone to Ardenweald that they mention is Cenarius, uh, because he he's alive still. We didn't actually kill him back when we beat him in uh, in uh, Emerald Nightmare, and so that like the other examples that they give of souls we actually could potentially encounter, Cenarius we won't. So they've kind yeah. of left it a little bit, you know, a little bit of a mystery, like who might we encounter there? And I think the big the big most likely most likely character we'll find there would be Asera, and I could see why maybe they'd want to keep that, you know, that that kind of uh, reveal. They might want to keep that under wrap. Yeah, I, I could go with hanging out with Asera again. Miss her. Yeah. That, that was a hard that was a hard zone. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I I really like it. It looks really um, really nice. Uh, very interesting. Uh, it does look like they do have. Like, it's not just a, a eternal light there. It does look like there's a daytime because um, it does look like there's like sun, some some shots with sea, with sun shining down. Um, 
so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then lastly, we have Revendreth. Um, and it is the covenant there is the Venthyr. Uh, it's a land of gothic spires and dark secrets. Uh, flaw flawed and prideful souls atoning for sins uh, will be found here. Uh, and uh, no surprise to anybody at all, uh, since Fresnel spoiled it. Uh, example soul here is Kael'thas Sunstrider. The prideful souls, 21st sins. Yeah, that's him right there. Yep, past misdeeds, and they need to remove the burdens of their life. Uh, Manny in the chat room says uh, they did say they would come across Bomb Samdi in the other side, which is a pocket dimension with an Arden wield. Um, so that'd be interesting. Um, they just need to have a thing because in uh, Prince and the Frog, yeah, Ben's on the other side. We just need to have somebody, somebody uh, singing that somewhere in in uh, or Arden something wield. similar because yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah um, I. I Whoever does the voice work for Bomb Samdi is absolutely making killer bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> off of the last like five expansions. Um, uh, this, this reminds me a lot of um, the area, the zone right outside of Gilneas. Um, very dark, very. I, I'd very expect. I expect Gilneas to feel very comfortable here. Because uh, it feels very, like, gothic, I guess. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Uh, what do you guys think of yeah. uh, of Revendreth? I thought it was interesting that the one, uh, like, sample uh, character art that they had seemed to be wearing blood elf armor. I mean, maybe that was Kael'thas. I don't know. It didn't quite look like him, but I mean, who knows what they actually look like in this other realm. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this is the one put, put aside the vampire kind of stuff. I think the, the concept of redemption and, and seeing these characters who, uh, you know, who, who were evil and I guess trying to see whether or not they can be redeemed. I find that incredibly interesting. And that's, that's why one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to going there most. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of some of the, the concepts like in Grim Fandango and I, I think, Zone wise, it interests me the most. I've, I because I found Dressbar to be one of my favorite zones in BFA, and I I'm I'm excited to see where this. I mean, it's a giant castle like Transylvania, Dracula, and it would it would be fun to, like to find find out that a character might be there that we thought was evil, and and I would love to see redemption there. Oh, what a soul! Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into too much there. All right. Um, yeah, I think the look of, of that zone is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not sure it's something I will go spend a lot of time in, but definitely very interesting. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who are very excited for it. Um, now, they said that the Covenant systems will be a full endgame narrative campaign. Uh, you get two active abilities and one class-specific ability. Um, an endgame progression system will be soul binds. Um, and a wide wide array of cosmetic rewards. Uh, so, um, 
Poetic Rewards uh, for Kyrian. Um, Spear of Bastion. Throw a Kyrian Spear at the target location, dealing 2,934 arcane damage in instantly and an additional 3,100 3, damage over 4 seconds. Enemies hit by and are tethered to the Spear of Bastion location for the duration. Um, it generates 25 rage. I think that's probably a warrior ability, I guess. Um, and then they also have Unburden, which is dissolve into pure anima, increasing your movement speed by 300%, slowing your falling speed, and repelling you forward for nine for four seconds. Greatly reduces the radius at which enemies will detect you. Um, they show some really cool-looking armor, and I think a mount. Um, in this picture, what do you guys think of that picture? It's okay. I don't know. I think it's, I think that's plate armor, right? Isn't it? Like I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see the other kinds of armor that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then. So so the next thing up, I I, I really want you guys' thoughts on so. Uh, With Refer a Friend, you get what is the first back-attached item that fills the current slot of cloaks that is not a cloak. That's going to get some expansion. Um, cloaks in the new expansion could look like angel wings and a variety of other back attachments. What do you guys think of that? I like it. I, I, I think it adds more because, I mean... After 15 years, having cloaks is kind of, <laughs> kind of boring. I mean, it's the same way. Like in Warlords, you can get the the head of one of the orcs, Grandma. I mean, I, I like when they take these farther. I I do wonder if they'll be if they'll go back into the main game or if they'll only be while you're in the Shadowlands. I assume you'll be able to transmog stuff to these looks at, no matter what. Like, I think these are cosmetic items. I don't know that they're actual cloaks. But if not, I mean, they'll still be able to be transmogged. I would assume, anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad they're expanding what what you get. And it, it's nice having kind of, like, a, the, the, the an extra thing. I mean, it's... I, I like that they're finally giving you more things with each of the different characters. And, and making you feel more like your own player it's overdue there's there's only so much you can do with a cloak <laughs> and i yeah. think yeah they, they really they, they they need to be able to kind of expand that space a little bit because i mean it's it's at the end of the day it's a, a rectangular fabric with a pattern on it and i think we've got enough you know as frasley said 15 years we've got enough patterns give it give us something else yeah, and and Blizzard, I'll gladly buy more cloaks and things like that. Okay. Uh, so next, they talked about Ouroboros, the city, the Eternal City. Uh, it stands at the center of Shadowlands. Um, it's the an ancient city that predates memory. Uh, the Arbiter stands at its core and is a gathering point for brokers and soul traders. Which, that is cool. I I. I'm glad that they're going back to one city for both factions because I did miss some of that, that camaraderie you found in Legion. 
but I think it's also cool to be kind of like the, the Moss Eisley of the Shadowlands. That like you you find like weird things there. I think it'd be cool to find items that hey, what if there are other places that 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 like the traders will bring in things from other other zones that we can't even get to. I mean, they had a few of those in Final Fantasy XIV. They're always fun to go to those those travelers, and like Skyrim had that too. Yeah. Were, were you able to get to Ouroboros in the demo, or it was just Bastion? It was just Bastion. Okay. But with all that they've learned in their city structure, because I mean, because I know Dalaran was a modified of Dalaran of Northrend. Oh yeah. But everything that they've done, I think Orbos is going to be a really cool city. I, I'm kind of hoping for like sprawling stuff. Some of that, some of that also dangerous area of Rallis, because I like the 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 area of the route that are sketchy and I, I i can really see them going on the dark and sinister side of the shadowlands all right so next they talked about the maw uh which is the horrific prison for the most vile souls it's a mystery even to the shadowlands natives as the domain of the jailer who is the figure that we see in the um in the announcement uh standing behind Sylvanas with blue eyes. It is not Arthas. It is not the Lich King. As many thought originally. Um, and apparently it has one simple rule that I feel was was basically proven to be incorrect within a few hours of being said. Uh, but it says nothing has ever escaped the Maw. Who's the one who escaped? Sylvanas. Yeah. But, oh. but, but I guess the question becomes: If it, why would they contradict themselves like that so rapidly? Because, and I guess maybe they, they you want to get hung up on the argument: like, did she actually escape it? She just kind of like swapped places with the one Valkyrie or whatever. But, um, yeah, let's assume that they just contradicted themselves because there, there's a rabbit hole you could go down and if, if you want to say that Sylvanas technically didn't escape. I mean, she, she did say this world is a prison, so maybe in some way she's still there. I don't know. I don't want to go down that hole right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Tune into the next, like, 80, 90 episodes of the Lore Watch podcast from the Blizzard Watch folks. I'm oh, sure yeah. they'll have lots to talk about on that one. Oh, yeah. Um, so they said that the machine of death is broken and the souls are, souls are pouring directly into the maw. Um, starved of anima, the Shadowlands is withering. Um, and then they, and then they asked, "What is Sylvanas's role in all of this?" And um, well, I can't think of anybody who has uh, done more to cause death lately. I'm glad. I'm glad that they're they're getting to this because all throughout Battle for Azeroth, there has been a piece of Sylvanas' story kind of missing, trying to put it all together, and, and and it didn't quite, like, her arc didn't quite make sense. It was like, you could kind of see it bending, but there were there were pieces that were just not there. And once we, once they said, like, oh, like, she's got to deal with this jailer guy, and that, you know, and, and everything she's been doing has been to serve as that deal, that's the piece that, that makes it fit all together as far as why did she go to war? Why did she, you know, you know, how did she come to lead the horde in the first place? Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to learn more about this person and uh, well, not person. I mean, this being and, and, and find out 
uh, you know, you know, all we can about him because this, that's, I feel like they, they've been telling this story. Really, they started setting it up at the beginning of Legion. And now everything's coming together. And, and presumably we're going to get our big final confrontation. I, I'm guessing this is going to be the last expansion that really focuses on her uh, for a while. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that they they revealed this character as much as they have. Uh, and, and I want to learn more. And they did say that Savannah is not under the control of the jailer she's working with the jailer but she is a complete independent person so i'm looking at this picture of of Silvana standing in front of the jailer and and i i'm looking at the entire image and and am i the one who feels like the jailer is also the jailed like the the, the figure is chained down that would tie into the lich king motif because again the lich king was the jailer of the damned but at the same time uh even bolvar said that helm is a prison so i think you're you're absolutely right in that regard it may be a little more a little less metaphorical more physical with regards to the jailer but i think you're absolutely right yeah so ian went on to talk about the opening of of this expansion um he said that due to the helm of domination being shattered uh, there is, as Terna said, no one left to control the undead. Uh, the Scourge is now marauding across Azeroth. So, more Scourge invasions. Yay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to sound so uh, unhappy. I, I remember the Wrath one very clearly. It, it is very fresh in my memory. Um, and Azeroth's heroes make for Ice Crown. Probably to find out why all the Scourge are there, I'd imagine. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and they were they they're kind of explaining why we get the allied race death knights that Bolvar before this happens knows that Sylvanas is coming for him, so he raises up more death knights to fight Sylvanas. Because what's interesting is we we have the cinematic, we have some of the story, but we don't yet know the the pieces that connect where we are now to them. Yeah, so he says that we go into the maw. Um... And that is, of course, the mall from which no one can escape uh, until now. And there are no innkeepers. Oh. Yes. Um, he went on later on to say that. So the narrative arc weaves through the four zones, um, which we talked about earlier, and we work with each realm's leaders to and borrow their powers. Um, so that's the powers we will get from the... We'll get while we're there as leveling up, but then when we choose a, a covenant at, at max level uh we will then have that power for good or for the duration of the expansion um and then and and i know at least one person in our chat room was likely cheering loudly along beside me with this next one and that is alts in the shadowlands oh yeah and the the room is cheering with the exact same thing i mean and so was i so, playing as a alt, as a new game plus experience. Um, so, once your main hits um, max level and chooses its covenant, uh, you, all of your alts can choose their covenant immediately. And they can level in any zone, do world quests, and more. Yes, Erlina, you. The other altaholic in this, in this Discord right now. Um, I am so excited by this. Like, unbelievably excited. 
I think it'll be very much like um, Legion, where doing world quests gave you XP, and that will really help with leveling up. And they even said that you'll be able to work on pr progression toward the, the, the in-game things that you build up. Your alts will already start being able to build toward those as, as they're leveling to 60. So you don't have to wait to start reaping those benefits. Uh, so apparently Gil's also an altaholic. Just, just... Apparently we're just all I perhaps I should rename the show to Altaholics Anonymous. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, so my early voicemails on the show were were me about my alts and stuff like that, and I'm still <laughs> just as bad. Uh, Nick, you you say that, but that is not that 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 may be what happens with mine. Uh, I, I have some hornies <laughs> that could use a boost. Um, use a boost too. So yeah, like like Fraser said, earn endgame progression while you level, which is really good. Like. That is, like, unbelievably good. I I've spoken here repeatedly about, like, I have characters that leveled up through uh, invasions and stuff like that and didn't do a lot of questing, and then they hit max level, and they have no gear. And one thing that, that, they, that they did mention a few times, the main story the first time is in order through all the zones, because that was one complaint that yes. people had about Legion and BFA is the disjointed story. But your alts can then go through any. I think that is a great compromise because yeah, so, I didn't. So, how do you guys feel about that? Like, do you prefer zone-specific story arcs or overall expansion story arcs that that make you go through specific zones and specific orders? Because there's definitely people who like it both way, each way. Um, I am more of an overall story arc person. I want, I want the story to make sense going from one to the next to the next to the next, not. Oh, I'm going to go to Drustvar because Talia has to go there because there's stuff going on there. Or I'll go to, I'll go over to um, do stuff in, in Tiragard or in Stormsong. Like, I, I just, I prefer there actually being like an order to it. What do you guys think? I think, I think it's nice that Blizzard has the choice as far as how they can implement that because we've had two expansions now that have been very freeform in that regard. And so it's been a while since we've had that linear straight through an expansion path that, yeah, they can get back to, back to that. I think they're good at telling both of those kind of stories. Um, and yeah, since, you know, because it's been so long, this feels fresh again. Like, oh, hey, yeah, let me go through these four in order. And since you can then kind of disregard the story on your alts, it's not like you have that problem where, because even, even with the three, you know, with the three or four zones that you could choose from, once you've played through them all on one character and you're, you're going through on your alt again, it's still, you know, you, it, it, it doesn't have that same freshness that it, that it had on the first playthrough. And the fact that you can just disregard that and move into doing what you want pretty much as quickly as you can on the alt. I think that's that's the huge uh, benefit here. Um, I look forward I look forward to whatever story Blizzard is going to tell us in whatever format they give it to us. But uh, yeah, I think the expansion long start in Bastion, end in Revendreth, and, or actually I guess end in the Maw, and go through everything in between. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, because I, I think doing it that once will be great. And then like I said, doing dungeons. I mean, it's... It, is part of what the, they're going with this next expansion. They want to give you the choice to do what you want once you've completed their story that they want to tell yeah. you. And honestly, I will actually likely make sure that I go through all four zones on my main before I start working on alts. Because then yeah. I can actually have that experience of, okay, I, I, I think I... I I think I understand what all four of these are, and now I can actually more 
appropriately identify which one I like best for each character. I, and I think that's what Blizzard's wanting in this one, is that yeah. they want you to give you that story once. Because they, they even said on the slide, think of alts as new game plus. Right. And you figure you're going to want to go through all the zones anyway, just for your Pathfinder, whichever part it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that would make it easier. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, so, uh, again, going back to the Maw... Uh, it is a max level zone, a fearsome, fearsome area with freeform outdoor gameplay. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of world quests there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of religion content. Uh, not sure exactly what we're gonna um, what we're gonna get there, but we'll have to definitely have to wait and see. Um, I assume that that content will likely not be in until late beta. I'd feel. Um, so next, they talked about. Um, Torghast Tower of the Damned, uh, which clearly tells me that they uh, they all went out for lunch one day, um, you know, a team lunch to you know collaborate and come up with ideas. And the Diablo team came in and started mucking with their stuff and messing with things. And this is what happened. I was, I was thinking that they all played Final Fantasy fourteen on 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 vacation while they were at BlizzCon one year. Uh, well, the only game I've ever played that has the ever-changing halls like they're describing is Diablo. Yeah, Final Fantasy XIV ha has this dungeon. It's a never-ending dungeon, and it changes okay. every... And they even mentioned multiple times during it, they want that roguelike feel where things go through. You you build up, in, in a, and Trivial Man is even saying Persona 4 has had this as well. Yeah. I want... um, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just to say, I wonder if how much of this is like an evolution on the endless halls, because that again was another kind of thing where it changed, you know, each playthrough, and there was no set map that you could learn in order to get through it. And, oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, for for the uh, the nightmare. Right. That was fun. I enjoyed that. It was. The same way how the runes and stuff are a, a came from that as well in the ley lines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I find this idea very interesting and I'm I'm intrigued by it. Uh, they did say it, that there, if you ever reach the point where there are no more um, levels of this, that then you're gonna get banned because you shouldn't be there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Uh, like the intention is that the number will be so high that if you've reached there, you have cheated. You're going to get banned. Or, oh, I wonder how that happened later on. Once we get to like the expansions from now on, or they, they mean current content. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now I'm not quite sure the context of the next slide, um, but they're talking about the power of anima and showing. I think different spells or different items. Uh, Obleron spikes increased critical damage and healing by ten percent. Oh, so I, I, I guess this is rewards from doing Torghast. 
Yeah. As you go through, um, you'll find these different treasures that will give you powers for that run. Uh, and you'll need them because obviously you know, it's going to get tougher as you ascend the tower. Uh, and so these are the types of powers that you can collect. And then they show in some ways they might synergize. So you can be even more powerful as you progress. And then, yeah, when you go back in the next time, you'll reset and then, you know, go about collecting what you can again. And, and Torghast is also like the horrific visions. It scales from one to five. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip the next uh, information slide because uh, I have a suspicion that we'll talk a little about that next week. Uh, only to, I will simply say uh, dungeons. That's all I'm going to say. Now <laughs> um, <Allie> goes. <laughs> and uh, the, they did say there's going to be two raids, or at least one, sorry, one or two raids to start. There's the Castle Nathria, in, uh, which is a 10 boss raid in Revendreth. Um, and I, if I recall. Um, Ian said that they basically told their their, dun their uh, team to basically build D Dracula's castle. Yeah, and they're like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch all the movies. Uh, so, that sounds very interesting. I mean, I, I'll never go there, but it sounds interesting. Um, and they said that for systems and rewards for this expansion, they said that their core philosophy is focusing on player agency. Uh, there'll be lots of profession updates, and there'll be changes to the weekly loot chest. Um, now, again, I don't raid. I don't do mythics. Uh, do either of you have thoughts on the mythic, on the changes to weekly loot chests? I think it's good. I yeah. think being, being able to choose the items like that, that's kind of like, that should solve everybody's complaints. I kind of don't know what people are going to complain about now. But they'll find they'll something. They will, they will. Gripes, find a way. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm I'm glad that people have a choice. I think there'll be still people who complain after a while, saying every choice I had was crap. But yeah, because they were saying that they wanted to make it where you 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 can at least. I I I think it, there might be a currency that you put back to because they even said if if something's not a good option, you can put back maybe like an RNG thing saying, "Hey, I want to put toward next week to be better." I, it, there's a lot of stuff that did that at least in this panel they did not go into depth on but they, they they want you to feel like what you're doing means something uh, yeah i mean you you should feel like you're being rewarded for your work not wasting your time yeah um they also said that shadowlands legendaries are gonna be a thing um, I don't know if they talked about that here or in the deep dive, but they did say that you'll craft your legendaries in Torghast, and um, they are working on ways to make what you craft better. Uh, for example, adding, if you want crit and haste on a, on a piece of gear, if you add a crit and a haste gem to the crafting recipe, uh, then you are more likely or guaranteed to get the stats you want. And I will say... That'll be awesome. I hope that they don't make it so that it costs so much to craft something um, that it puts it out of the uh, realm of possibility for um, less and less hardcore crafters, I guess. Uh, 
Um, another thing they pointed out is that they want to focus... They want to return to um, class identity as opposed to spec identity. Um, you shouldn't be that different as a mage between an arcane to a fire mage. Um, and they've gotten far too far down the path of focusing on you know, I'm an arcane mage, I'm a fire mage, I'm a frost mage. Um, you should be a mage. And you should identify with the rest of your class. Um, I can see the wisdom of that. I mean, because in that way, you aren't being booted out of a raid because you aren't a specific thing. Okay, you're a mage. Okay, so you might not be as good at certain things, but you still can do all of them. Yeah. Um, next, he talked about a stream, a streamlined leveling experience, uh, leveling from 50 to 60 in the Shadowlands. Um, and yes, that is to say the, the, the 120 we have now will become level 50 when Shadowlands ends. And they were saying that once you reach level 10, you can go through any expansion content in any order. You don't have to even do classic stuff or to go, to go through stuff you, you you can go directly to Pandaria and and they they want to try to make it where you can get through a zone in the in the amount of time it gets it takes from 10 to 50 but also leveling is I think they said 60 to 70 percent faster than what it is now so it's gonna it's gonna be faster they want they want you to also feel like you're getting an ability of every level so less of a grind you get to level, and if you if, if you choose nothing, your character after they get the ten is going to go immediately into BFA. See, I listened to that that panel, and I remember back a year or two ago, and a year or two before that, and a year or two before that, when we were asking or we wanted something every level. And they said you don't need everything, something every level. You don't. You, every few levels is fine. So now that they're actually like the the argument that he made, because this is an RPG, you should get something every level. Made me laugh inside. I'm like, yeah, we've been telling you that for years, and now you're telling us like we this is a new new uh, invention, a new idea. I was like. Well, glad you came on board. Uh, it, was, it was a small peeve, but it was like, you don't have to tell us this. We've been telling you that for a long time. Um, it, it just kind of made me laugh, that's all. Yeah, I think this episode shows sometimes Blizzard reacts fast. Sometimes Blizzard reacts slow. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, so yeah, a modern new player experiences and unprecedented flexibility for all will be really awesome. I got lots of characters that'll that'll be liking that. Um, and then they did a what what I'm sure to many feels like a very big announcement. Character customizations. Now, this isn't the customization that I think a lot of people were wanting because uh, I think a lot of people want. Like, they want a fat troll. They want a thin dwarf. Uh, they want a petite Drenai. Um, and this is not that. Um, 
This is more character customization when it comes to textures on the body. Um, so they give an example of trolls with tattoos. Um, and um, I think that looks really cool. What do you guys think? The trolls. But yeah. I like that they're giving you more ability to make yourself look unique. I I think uh, the and they've been like they've separated the eyes from it. It, it shows that the, whatever was stopping them on the engine from loading all these different types, that they fixed that in Shadowlands. And I mean they they even they even showed like the the humans. There's a lot more diversity of of human representation and and like my my undead can finally have no bones, which which uh, always frustrated me. So I like that, that they're making, they're giving you more options, more ability to separate yourself from other people. As I said with the cloaks earlier, this is long overdue. So, you, you know, the only, I think my only complaint about it is that at this point, we've grown so used to our characters with their flaws, for lack of a better word, that to be able to improve upon them, it may make them not feel like our characters anymore. And that we'll, need is to, true. we'll need to roll a new a new main in order to really enjoy that. But uh, no, it's 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 overdue and a welcome change. I agree. Um, they also showed uh, dwarf customization changes. Um, a lot more body paint on those as well. Um, and a, a, a fair number of, few, of different hairstyles. Um, so that was good. And then uh, they showed Undead, where you can show more bones. Um, your character can be falling apart in different ways. And uh, that looks really neat. Um, and then uh, at the end, they sh at the end of the section, they showed different uh, looks, uh, hairstyle, um, and facial looks for humans. Um, and I definitely see a couple of hairstyles here that uh, there are people who are going to be really excited about. Uh, like I, I think the Frasley will probably choose the one in the upper uh, um, upper right hand corner. Oh, absolutely! I, I like that one a lot. Uh, and I know people who who will choose um, just just to change their look of their character, and I think that's just great. Um, I'm sure there'll be more options. There more be more customizations that can be done. Um, later on uh, in, in the beta and, and leading up to launch. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be a lot of feedback on what looks good and what doesn't. So, And they did say that when it, these are for the original races, so Ally races won't be getting these yet, but they, they had already added quite a bit of customization to Ally races, and they said this is just the start of more options to, to character creation. So we, we may see more in patches or expansions but the yeah, they they hear us loud and clear on giving us stuff, and I think combine combine this with the transmog limitations being being lifted in like the MBFA, this is gonna at least make things a lot more a lot more varied. Absolutely. All right, so uh, we're seeing it over two hours at this point, um, and we have only gotten through the announcement and one panel, uh, so I think we're gonna cut it here um is there anything in the other stuff that that you that that we have here in the notes that you guys want to quickly mention to get your thoughts in before uh i talk about this next week with the rest of the stuff with next week with ali and toasty no i mean um 
I, I'd say I, I played both Diablo 4 and and uh, Diablo Immortal. They both played well, and I, and I heard like that the Diablo Immortal demo had been improved since the last BlizzCon. And and and, and I'd say if, if you're unsure on Diablo Immortal, play it because I'm I'm sold on it. And Di Diablo 4 felt good, like like you could actually trans go across different zones. So I'm I'm excited to see. Where the world comes, it's we're, we're probably about a, a year or two away from Diablo 4, just uh, just, just saying, but it played well, okay. Um, so, so you 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 did enjoy what you played for War, for Shadowlands, right? Oh, absolutely. I I, I really played enjoyed it, and I, I wanted more, I, I wanted to play more. I even wanted to go back and try one of the Death Knights, but I I I knew Warrior the best, so I, I did a Volpira Warrior, and that was fun, okay. Uh, do you try Overwatch 2 at all? Uh, sadly not. I, I did not make it over to that one, but I heard people say it was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, any thoughts from either, uh, Wookie? Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is if you get the chance, uh, watch the WoW voice actors panel. Um, it was great. There's a, there's a, uh, they had some footage of uh, the uh, Andrew Morgado, who does the voice of Sorfang, and Chris Metzen, who does the voice of Thrall, uh, doing some improv before they recorded Safe Haven. Um, but even if you don't have the virtual ticket, I think you can find on YouTube, at the end of the panel, they did a live reenactment of Reckoning with, uh, as I said, they had uh, Sorfang there, they had Sylvanas there, they had Anduin there. Um, and it... Even you know, even though it's not the same cinematic we saw, because I mean, it's just people in regular in street clothes with no weapons and no props. Um, this is the fact that it was the voices and the the, the passion that they had and, and their acting ability. Um, it, it brought back all the feels as, as if I was watching Reckoning the first time. So, if you can find that on YouTube or if you have the virtual ticket, definitely check that out. Uh, yeah, they, they actually did two uh, cinematics. They did the. The one uh, in the jail, honor. yeah, lost honor. Uh, the one in the jail cell uh, with uh, Anduin and Starfang, and then yeah, the reckoning one. Um, that was the end of the war campaign, um, and it's actually really funny because uh, there's construction going on inside my work right now, and there's a point in time where they were like hammering into some concrete, and it was actually the same cadence as the tap tap <laughs> tap 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 tap. I'm like, okay, that's just weird. Um, but it really, I, I, it was funny. It was funny and amusing, and I, I, I loved it. Um, but yeah, if you don't tear up at the in that at the end of that, like, you have no soul. Get some anima. Get get some anima. Get get a soul, and watch it again because it was amazing to watch. Um, and this was a, a cool thing. I, I, I hope Taryn's okay with me sharing. Someone was asking about how he did the uh, the, the voice of Metzen, and they said. That one, he had edited so much of Metzen's voice and 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 like did all this that he was able to do Metzen and, and they pitched it down for the panel, but they said Terrence that he had a blast doing it. And Terrence's a cool guy. I real I, I enjoyed meeting him. Yeah, uh, and somebody actually tweeted out uh, to Taryn Gregory that um, they hope that at Chris Metzen would be proud, and he replied with he is. Uh, so nice. so Metzen approved of, of uh, Taryn Gregory's thrall. Um, but yeah, the, like there, there's just so much talk. I literally think we could go on for another like three hours. Um, mm -hmm. but I think some of us may have to work tomorrow like me and, uh, sleep <laughs> is good. And, yes. um, 
voices do go away if you don't take care of them. So, um, we, and... we, I'm really excited for the Warcraft 3 Reforged. I'm really excited for Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, Diablo Mortal. Like, all that stuff's really exciting. Um, and we'll talk more about that, uh, next week. But let's, uh, Final thoughts on BlizzCon before we go on to our last sponsor and talk about our question week and all that. I, I'd i say I think that they did a great job, this BlizzCon, for a 15th anniversary of WoW and a 25th anniversary of Warcraft. They they really brought brought it. I mean, and this was the 13th BlizzCon, so it was actually really cool that they released Diablo 3 or 4 on... Or, I mean, announced Diablo Four on the on the thirteenth BlizzCon, so it was it, it I had a, had a gruesome a- aspect, and it was cool that they had Shadowlands and Diablo Four to be dark and gritty. Any uh, any final thoughts on on BlizzCon stuff from there, uh, Nick? Uh, I enjoyed it, uh, you know, as much as I could through the virtual thing, um, but uh, I think they did a great job, uh, and I, I look forward to next year's already. All right, um, so. Time to talk about our second sponsor. Um, today's show is also brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash atabooks2019. Um, and the book pick I chose for this week, um, and I actually didn't realize, like, the voice actors panels would actually keep me into this because I didn't realize who narrated this book. Um, but let's listen to Before the Storm by Christy Golden. Rain fell on the somber throngs making their way to Lion's Rest, as if even the sky wept for those who had sacrificed their lives to defeat the Burning Legion. Anduin Rin, King of Stormwind, stood a few steps back from the podium where he soon would be addressing mourners of all the Alliance races. He watched them silently as they arrived, moved to see them, loath to speak to them. He suspected that this service honoring the fallen would be the most difficult he had endured in his relatively short life, not just for the other mourners, but for himself. It would be held in the shadow of his father's empty tomb. Anduin had attended far, far too many ceremonies honoring the casualties of war. As he did each time, as he believed every good leader did, he hoped and prayed that this one would be the last. But it never was. Somehow there was always another enemy. So that again is Before the Storm, uh, written by Christy Golden, and is narrated by Josh Keaton. And you may recognize that voice, as he also voices the character of Anduin Rin in World of Warcraft. And that's really awesome. Like, this book is so focused on Anduin, it is the perfect, uh, perfect person to voice this book, I believe. Yeah. And and he even did a good good a good job with other voices that were not his end one. Yeah. Um and like I said, I did not realize I've I've read that book. I've heard I've listened to the entire book, did not realize who it was that was doing it. So um very, very well done, Josh. Um So yeah, if you want to listen to that book or any others, uh go to bit.ly slash atabooks2019. Now over 200,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. 
All right, the question of the week from last week was, what was your BlizzCon 2019 highlight? And Frazzerock says, I have to say, meeting people I've admired and met online. Blizzard isn't a company, it's the community. Zephyria said, Diablo 4! And Poikable Satin said, Cosplay. All right. And next question is, what covenant are you most excited to join in Shadowlands? I think I've already said mine. I I think unless something changes, Revendreth is really getting there. Ooh. See, I, 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 and if I get to bite people, I, I mean, never mind. So note, avoid Frasley at next BlizzCon. <laughs> you needed to write that now <laughs> no until now I was actually looking forward to meeting him even uh, though he'll make me feel like I'm short but whatever I'm the tallest nomad as well apparently uh, what about you there Nick uh, I think Revendreth right now but uh, we'll see how that changes as we learn more about Shadowlands and of course Kyrian for me will be mine from Bastion so all right, um, shout-outs. Uh, my shout-out is going to go to everybody who helped out doing the co the coverage over the weekend. Um, Haster, Joe, Bullet, uh, you, Nick, were there. Um, uh, so many other people were there just listening and, and helping and, and commenting. Uh, it was really great to see. Um, I love covering BlizzCon every year. Um, doesn't matter to me if there's one person listening or, or a dozen or a hundred uh, it's just fun to listen to uh, what's going on and, and relaying that to the people who just want opinions or can't perhaps listen to themselves. So um, what, what's your uh, shout out there, Nick? Uh, I'm actually going to give my shout out to Frasley um, because, uh, you know, Ali and Toasty aren't here because they were at BlizzCon and they were too tired to be here. But you, the hardest working gnome in show business, is here on this show after going to BlizzCon. So I tip my hat to you, sir. Oh, thank you, and 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 I, I'd say my uh, my shout out is is kind of to I not one person in particular, but people at BlizzCon who kind of told me what they like about me. Not in a like, oh, you're so great in this way, but but they they gave me things to look on and and like, what are my strengths? And I I appreciated that. So it, it just like how last year Row gave me things to focus on. Th these people really helped me know. What do you like about me, and what do you think draws you to me, other than the the demonic eye, so I can bite you? All right. Um, so, uh, Nick, how can people find you, and 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 what what do you what you what do you have to online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WookieBH. Uh, I am on uh, Wow Talk over on the Mash Those Buttons Network uh, at Wow Talk MTB. Uh, you can also find me on the Torn and the Goblin, also on the Mash Those Buttons Network at Torn Goblin on Twitter. And Frasley, we all know you do everything, so like, give us the top five, I guess, or ten maybe. <laughs> oh sure. So you, you can find me on Twitter at FrasleyTastic. You can find me every week at Frazzlecast, where I talk to different people in the community. And you can also find me on Twitch, singing, doing weird stuff at gnome.live. All right. Um, and on that note, it's time for our outro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, 
call 1-785-ATA-WOW-5 or 1-785-282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com. If you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata and our Discord at bit.ly slash ata discord which is where we record every monday night at 8 p.m central you can find us on twitter at all things az at medros at fandeth at toasty posty can at aliander's k and at dawnforge and please check out the other shows from dawnforge productions including group quest shattered soulstone more than megapixels and across the universe and we'll be back next week in the meantime take care Happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of more BlizzCon coverage. This podcast brought to you by Dawn Forge Productions, copyright 2019. Get more at thedawnforge.com. <laughs>